Let's get in the word tonight. The power of your confession, the importance of your confession. As we said last week, the Bible is real clear that life and death is in the power of your tongue. That word power means the direction of your tongue. That word power also means it hands you things. In other words, the word of God is telling us that your tongue hands you things. So like for those of you who came up here, let your tongue now hand you what you came up here for. Right? Man, I could sense such a strong anointing. But it doesn't matter if you sense it. It doesn't matter if you feel anything. Because the word of God is true. And the anointing is here and it does work. Some of the greatest work, some of the greatest work that I've seen the anointing do is, is just I didn't feel anything. You know, that's usually not the case here. It's every service for me now. So let's go to our Bibles. Matthew chapter 12. We kind of ended in Matthew chapter 12, but I want to take a big magnifying glass. I want to go back a few verses and let's look at Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 34. And we're going to really take some time in verse 34 to bring understanding. Listen, guys, everything... Everything depends on you believing God's word in your heart and confessing it with your mouth. Speaking the word of God, right? When the enemy comes, man, the Bible says in righteousness, you will be established. That means fixed and immovable. That's, that's Isaiah 54. It says you'll be far from oppression because you'll never fear. All that the enemy is literally is nothing compared to who we have been given, who we are actually in Christ. So let's look at this. Jesus speaking here, he says in Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we always talk about that, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this word heart is the Greek word cardia. It literally means the seat and the center of human life. The seat of our desires, of our feelings, of our affections, of our passions, of our impulses, right? It's talking about things of the mind. Now, this is, you know, you see the word heart in the New Testament, and, and it's really, sometimes you're sitting here going, man, I just, it's so hard. Okay, is this my spirit or is this my soul? Yes. Because we, we separate the spirit and soul for the purpose of studying. But listen, if you went home to be with the Lord right now, your body would still be here, the temple, but your spirit and soul would be gone. So this is saying, out of the abundance of the heart, which is out of the abundance of the word of God that's in your mind, or out of the abundance of these wrong, vain imaginations and thoughts that the enemy's lying to you, that's how you're going to speak. So if you want to know where you're at, just record what you're saying, right? 
Sometimes I think we would be shocked because people are like, no, no, I speak the word. Boy, I wish I could get them to just carry around a recording, right? Because here's the thing, whatever's in abundance in that area, in, in, in your mind, it's, that's what you're going to speak. It's going to come out of your mouth and it's going to control your life. So you need to say, you know, people are running around preaching that God's in control. Are you kidding me? Do you really think he's in control? But you know who's in control of your life? You. Right? And I'm telling you, if you will say, wait a minute, I want God to be in control of my life, great, he'll come in there and he will, he will dictate everything because he, your steps are already ordered. What's really cool is that's what you've been created to, that's how you've been created to live. It's wonderful. So now let's look at this out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we, we looked at this a little bit last week. I want to go right back and, and with this verse, go back, hold your finger in Matthew chapter 12, but go back to Proverbs chapter 4. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do I get the word of God in abundance in my spirit so that it'll be in abundance in my mind? The Bible tells us how to do that. It says in Proverbs 4.20, My son, attend to my words. Put my words first place. Incline your ear to my sayings. That means give my word your undivided attention. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them, my words, in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So let's look at this word heart in Proverbs 4.20. The word heart, it's a Hebrew masculine noun. It's the Strong's number G, I'm sorry, G, I'm not in the Greek, H, right? 3824. It, it's, it's the Hebrew word law dab, is, is just the Tony Finley way to say that. Okay? So keep this in mind. It means your inner man and it means your mind. You're like, whoa, that sounds like spirit and, yeah, right? It describes the entire disposition of the inner person, but it also describes the place where the rationale, where the thinking process occurs that, that allows a person to know the blessing of God. So the reason why people have tried to really dissect this because they're going, it either has to be the spirit or the mind, and we never walk in full revelation because this Hebrew word is talking about both. Okay? Keep this in mind. There's a point to this. For they are life to those that find them, and health, that means a, a remedy, medicine to all their flesh. When you are meditating in the word, it's like you have an IV in your spirit and the word of God, the life of God is pumping in your spirit, getting it so full that it starts washing over and filling and reno renovating your mind. That is to be a constant, a constant process in your life. Verse 23, 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of your life, the boundaries of your life. That's what that Hebrew word is. So we're to guard our heart and be very diligent about it because our heart, out of our heart flows the boundaries. Listen, you can't go any further than what you see, right? And you will always say what you see. This is why, Christian, you can't, you can't go up to another Christian and tell them what to do. Have you ever talked to somebody and you're trying to tell them what to do and it seems so clear to you but they're looking at you like, leave me alone, right? It's because they don't see it. So for you parents, when your kids are like, whatever, it's because they don't see it. So instead of jumping all over them, go back and say, Lord, how can I help my son or my daughter to see this? Or, you know what? Most of the time he's going to say, you can't, but I can. Amen. So pray. Pray over them. I'll, 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 I'll guide you. I'll, you know, all of a sudden you'll be doing dishes and, and all of a sudden the Lord will say, go say this to them right now. Or call them up or whatever. He helps us with this. Keep your heart. See, the Lord made our heart... He made our heart the driving force behind our actions. So this, this word heart here, remember the other one was la da, or la dab, I guess is the, word, the way I would say it, or H3824. This one is H3820. It's just lob. Not, not la dab, it's just lob, just like the first part of that word. It literally means almost the same thing. It just adds the will in there. But it's literally from the same Hebrew noun. It is a Hebrew noun. And it literally means the inner man. It means the mind. And it means the will. Guard your heart. Guard your mind with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of your life. You've heard me say this before. Your mind is the control center of your life. Your mind is the battlefield, right? That's where the enemy comes. And, and, and based on that battle, if you stand and take thoughts captive with the word of God and say no, you keep your eyes on Jesus, those thoughts can't produce anything in your life. If you've allowed a stronghold in your life, you could use the word of God to get free. How do you do that? The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10 says, are not of human origin, but they are mighty through God. Through God. What do you mean? I speak the word through God in the name of Jesus. So Father, I mean, ha have you ever had any kind of addiction? Have you ever had anything in your life, gosh, you know, I don't want to lie, but I just, I'm always lying. Right? I just, I'm always, I don't want to gossip, but I just, I'm always gossiping. I don't, I don't want to be so negative, but I'm always negative. Break that stronghold. How do you do it? Father, in the name of Jesus, I am free from lying, from gossiping in the name of Jesus. I'm not a liar. I'm not a gossiper, right? Amen. You speak that 
what happens when you do that? Then God comes on the scene. The word of God, literally, it doesn't break the stronghold. It literally destroys it. So you're no longer, nothing's exercising hard control over you. Now, these demonic powers are very deceptive, but they don't have any power. That's why they have to be deceptive. And they'll get you to feel, oh gosh, I feel like I felt when I was in the midst of that bondage. That's when you just stand up and say, no, I'm free in Jesus' name. Satan, I told you once, I'll stand here and tell you a million times, you are bound in the name of Jesus. You leave my life in Jesus' name. You get your hands off of my kids, right? I'm really, I'm, I'm just done. I'm not sick and tired of it. I'm done with sickness in my house. I'm done with my kids coming home with something else and this or that. I'm done with it in my own life. Does that make sense? You're, and when you do that, Jesus is there performing it. You must protect, guard, and maintain your heart. Because this is the reason. Nobody, nobody can consistently act contrary to their heart. So you might be able to act okay for a little bit, but man, if you don't guard your heart, you're going to eventually default to going what's in abundance in your heart. Isn't, but isn't that cool? You can't consistently act contrary to your heart. So if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict and you start saying, Father, I thank you that I'm free from drugs, I'm free from alcohol in the name of Jesus, you get so full of that in your heart, you won't be able to act contrary to your heart, which means you won't have a desire for alcohol, you won't have a desire for drugs, and you'll walk out your freedom. See, we, we look, we expect God to just nuke our life and then we never have a problem again. The reality of it is, man, he's nuked our life. We are free. The enemy is just talking us out of it because we don't feel free. It doesn't look like we're free, right? That's how come you guys who come up here for prayer, man, stick with that. No, no, I came up here, I received my healing, I receive my deliverance. I am not letting go of it. God wants me to have it. This is not part of my life anymore. Right? And you're going to have to do that at 1 o'clock this morning when the enemy starts talking to you. Right? Because all he's trying to do is get you to buy his lies. But his lies, that's all they are. No power. Look at verse 24. Right after it says, keep your heart with all diligence... What are we talking about? We're talking about Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what do I do? I've got to put the word first place. I've got to incline my ear to it. I've got to keep it before my eyes. I've got to keep it in the midst of my heart. And then it says, I've got to guard my heart with these things. And now after that, verse 24, it says, put away from yourself a froward mouth and perverse lips Put far from thee. Immediately he starts talking about your words. you got to put this stuff away, which means you can't say what you used to say. Right? Froward, a froward mouth. That, is, that word froward in the Hebrew, it means a perverse mouth, a deceitful mouth. 
It describes a mouth that is speaking without integrity. Do you know when you speak the enemy's lies, you're actually speaking with a froward mouth. Your mouth has no integrity because it's not based on anything true. When you walk around saying, man, I can't, God, I, I really need this, but I can't have it. That's forward. That there's no integrity behind that. It's absolutely not true because you're saying you can't have what God says he's given you. Do you see that? It means a mouth that speaks deception. So many Christians are speaking deception over their life. They're not deceived, but they speak it so they get deceived. Right? And they also speak immorality. Man, I'm just, let's just, how, what, how do you speak immoral? Man, I am just bound in this addiction. I'm just, I'm just this horrible person. I've hurt so many people because of my life and because of what I've done. You're speaking immorally. That is not who you are anymore. All of that was condemned in the body of Jesus. For you to speak with integrity, you have to speak, man, the Lord has made me free, therefore I am indeed free. Yeah, but Satan will go, but you don't feel free, so just hide and watch. I'll feel very free. Right? See, here's an example of these things. Saying you're sick when God says you're healed. Right? So here's another scripture in, in dealing with Matthew 12, 34. Let's add it, add to it. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Because it adds a real strong piece here. Proverbs 4 says, listen, put the word first place, incline your ear to it, give it, give it your undivided attention, keep it ever before your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart. Now Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 God's going to tell Joshua, don't let the word depart out of your mouth. That means you, you always speak the word of God. Well, guess what? If you're always speaking the word, can you speak the problem? No. Boy, your flesh will hate that for a while. Well, actually, yeah, just for a while until we get rid of our flesh. Right? But it'll get much better. Because this is the way it works. Your flesh screams at you. But if you have a strong spirit and a renewed mind, your spirit and your mind will go shut up and get in line and your flesh will go, okay. Because your flesh has no power. But if you don't feed your spirit the word of God, if you don't renew your mind with the word, you'll think, I just can't control my flesh. Froward mouth. God says he broke sin off your life. It'll never have dominion over you. It has no sovereign authority. It has no right and no power to rule and govern you. Wow. The word of God is true. So it says in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, for a New Testament believer, we would say the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. The Knox translation says it this way, I am to allow the word of God to govern my utterance. It is my governor. I only say what the word says. Oh, you little Bible robot, thank you. I've tried the other. Have you tried the other? Does it really, when you complain, does it just give you warm fuzzies and make you just feel so good? 
When you get together with your friends because you're, you're just so upset and you hate your life, does, does it really help you when you get together and just dump and you just talk about it? No. No. It, it just doesn't help because it's death. Right? So let's keep going. It says, don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it, that you may start observing yourself doing what's written in it, and then the Bible says you'll, you'll have good success, right? The Bible says it will make you, you will go out and make your own way prosperous. The Word gives you the power to make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success, or in the Hebrew language, you'll deal wisely in all the affairs of your life. I love this scripture because when I first started seeing this scripture, every arena of my life was a disaster. So I'm like, this is cool. I don't have to figure this out. What area do I start in? I have no idea. Pick one, Lord, because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? When was the last time I was in the will of God? Well, I'm sure January 22nd, 1962, Cook County Hospital in Chicago. I was in the will of God when I came out of my mom's womb. After that, it just got all messed up by me, right? Have no idea. Guess what? He's led me all the way out of that. And I mean, now I see I'm completely free. And when you see that you're completely free, then every day of your life, you walk in more freedom. It's amazing. Where all things are possible. You must meditate in the word, saying it over and over, this is not letting it depart out of your mouth. This is Joshua 1.8. Joshua was literally being told by God, this is how you're going to walk out my plan for your life. Josh, you have to keep my word in your mouth. That means you meditate. You say it over and over and over and over and over. Think about Joshua. What do you think that he was saying over and over? Just read the first seven verses of Joshua 1. Do you, I mean, so much so, day and night, he's walking around going, no man will stand before me and block me from doing the will of God all the days of my life. There's Jericho. There's no city. There's no people. Nobody could stand before me. So now here it is. It's crunch time. He's walking it out. He's in a valley fighting against an army, and they're winning. And when he's, when he's just taking heads off with his sword, no man, bam, no, I mean, could you imagine this guy, right? I'm not messing with Joshua and Caleb, right? And if Joshua and Caleb, if they could manifest right here, right now in heaven, they're looking down going, what you guys have is way beyond what I had. He had a word from God that God performed. We have the very spirit of the living God living in us. Wow. Right? So like, so, so you know, we, we had a young lady up here tonight. Okay. Well, Lindsay, are you a Christian? Yes. yes, absolutely. So how in the world could she have some demonic stuff in her? Well, that, that demon's not in her spirit. So what happened? She just got rid of the rocks in her pocket. That's it. See you later. That, that's all it is. That's how, be, why? Because whoever the Son has made free, when were we all made free? I mean, you know, some people here are a little bit older, 
but nobody was born in A.D. 30. <laughs> Could you imagine? We'd just be sitting here going, wow, right? No, that's where we were all made free. So you must meditate on God's word so that you're operating out of what you believe instead of trying to make something work yourself. Well, I just got to do more to get free. No, 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 no. Jesus was the one who brought freedom to you because he just loves you. You couldn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He just loves you so much. Boy, you got to get out of this. I just got to do more. If I just work harder. No, 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 no. Get your heart filled with the word of God to where it's constantly just flushing over your mind, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and it's renovating. All of a sudden, man, one day, this is how it works. You're just minding your own business, and you get out of bed, and you're walking, and you realize, wow, wait a minute, like my mom. All of a sudden, my mom tried to quit smoking. She smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. Most of her life started at 13 years old culminated when I was 18 years old. You know, a pastor told her, man, if you will, you just have a spirit of rebellion in you. And if you'll just fast for 10 days, then God will take that from you. I'm thinking to myself, I didn't know much. I was just starting to learn, but I'm like, well, wait a minute. The pastor, I just read something or I, I heard the pastor say, Jesus took it. You know, so my mom's struggling. Have you ever fasted for 10 days? That's brutal. I'd never have right? Three days is brutal. Yeah. It gets easier on the fourth day. I've never, I've never went beyond three days. Because you fast to get an answer. So for me, man, I want to eat. So, you know, just shut up and let's deal with this. And as soon as we got it, hey, it's dinner time, right? But all of a sudden, my mom goes, wow. I just, I haven't smoked a cigarette. She just realized, I, I haven't smoked for like two weeks. The young lady that was helping me with our middle school ministry that I had led to Christ, you know, all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden she is like all upset at me because it's like, hey, you never told me smoking weed was wrong. <laughs> and I've been smoking weed before I come to church and I just realized I haven't smoked a joint in over a month. And I've been smoking weed since I was 11 years old. Right? See, when you realize that you're free, and then you put the word first place, you incline your ear to it. You keep it ever before your eyes. You never let it depart out of your mouth. It's, it, you keep it in the midst of your heart. You guard your heart by getting rid of all this stinking speaking that's how you walk this out so now you ready to go to Matthew chapter 12 verse 35 verse 35 slow that clock down a good man out of the good treasure now this word treasure means deposit a good man out of the good deposit of the heart again this is a feminine noun Cardia, it literally means it's talking about your mind. Brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure or evil deposit brings forth evil things. Okay? Verse 36, but I say unto you 
that every idle word, every careless and lazy word, every, every useless and barren word, every unprofitable word, this word is giving us a picture of a word that is not at work building something that God wants built in your life. What's an idle word? Only you can define that. Right? Listen, if you're believing God for your healing and you've believed you've received that, you do not need to, you know, go study the pre-Adamic race in the Bible. Or, you know, study end-time prophecy. Unless the Lord's leading you there, you should just be feeding on healing to get more and more thrilled and excited. If you're in a financial situation, you need to be feeding along the lines of what God's word says about finances so it can renovate your thinking because you're already free, but you have to see that you're free. God sees that he made you free, but until you see it, you're not going to be able to say that and move in that direction. That's why we have to live in the word of God. So it says here, Every idle word that men shall speak, they're going to give an account. They're going to repay. They're going to give or do something necessary in fulfillment of an obligation. They're going to have to give an account, right? A reason, an answer thereof in the day of judgment. The day of judgment, it could, it's every day of our life. It's the day of accusation. It's the day of condemnation. Has Satan ever tried to condemn you? Right? He'll come and he'll cause a crisis in your life. He's condemning you. He's accusing you. He's doing all these things. Why? This word, it's because it's a, it's a condemning. It, literally, it's an accusation that is in your life that is brought to you for the purpose of separating you from something. What does he want to separate you from? Your faith. How does he do that? He separates you from the word. He gets you to start giving in to those feelings and those emotions. Why is this happening to me? I, just, I look at my situation and there's no way it could ever get better. No, no, no. Listen, you serve a God and he's your dad and he loves you and he's the God who brings dead things back to life. He makes a way where there is no way and he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Yeah, but how do I know exact? No, no, you know. If something's a desire of your heart, you know. As you, as you just, as you worship God, as you're walking with him, if that thing is there, man, I just want this in my life. That's a desire. He'll bring that to pass. That's what he does. Because he loves you. And then it says this in verse 37, for by your words you'll be justified. You'll either be pardoned and set free, or by your words you will be condemned, right? You will be sentenced and you'll be taken into bondage by your words. Not the enemy's words, but your words, right? So you have a choice in all of this. The controlling factor in your life and in my life is our words. So let's look at another scripture real quick. Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Blessed is the man, that means empowered to prosper, is the man that doesn't walk in the advice and in the plan of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that does not stand in the course of life and in the conversation of sinners. Now, can a Christian be ungodly and be a sinner in their behavior? Yes, I have firsthand knowledge of this because I have at one point walked in this. I'm so grateful that I don't have to walk in that anymore. Not nature, right? My spirit can't even sin, but behavior. So you got, why am I saying that? Because these ungodly, these sinners might just be carnal Christian friends of yours. I can't tell you, I used to teach it like this. I used to get a little girl in, in our middle school group or a, a, a girl in our high school group or in our college and career group even would put a girl, get, I'd get on a table and, I would, and I'd lock arms with them. And I would ask everybody, now, do you think I'm stronger than this five foot three, 110 pound lady? Yes right? And I would tell him, you know, it's easier for her on the ground, even though she's weaker than I am, because of the position I put myself in, it'll be easier for her to pull me off the table than it would be for me to pull her all the way up on the table. It's the way it is. You might not be able to be around certain people for a while. They might end up being your fruit someday, but maybe not for a few years. Because being around the wrong people it gets impossible to prosper. They will pull you back into stuff. It says here, nor sits, notice the progression. I'm walking, then I'm standing, now I'm sitting in the seat of the scornful. This is the worst kind. The sinners and the ungodly, you know, that's bad. It's impossible to prosper. But the scornful, man, you got to really be careful of those. What's a scornful? That's one who teaches others about others. Hey, you know that Pastor Tony, man, you know he should be doing this, and why doesn't he do that? And, you know, why doesn't he wear a tie? Right? I had a person give me a word years and years ago. I don't even know if I told you about that. Right? You're an abomination to God because you don't wear a tie. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, I think I told him, I said, do you realize that, do you realize that God doesn't wear a tie? <laughs> Let me stand over here and say that just in case he is that fire from heaven thing going on. No, which he's not, but right. I had a guy tell me the reason why the church is not growing. Have you noticed we're growing? Yeah. But he said, it's because you shaved your beard. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I can't grow one. If I grew one, you'd laugh. They're like, what, what, what's wrong with you? Right? I'm one of these guys, I so can't stand facial hair. I, I shave before I go to bed many times. I know that's ridiculous, but, you know. Yeah, Janekos, thank you. So that's <laughs> hilarious. So there are places you shouldn't walk, stand, or sit. Verse 2 but this man is empowered to prosper. Why? Because his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, his delight is in God's word. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Have you heard that before? It says this person, he meditates day and night. This person shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. 
In other words, you're planted where you have plenty of, of abundance coming up from the inside, not the outside. You don't need it to rain because you're planted by rivers of water. I'm so grateful that Faith Family Church is a place where God plants people because they can get everything they need from him internally to change everything externally in their life. And it's not because we're anything, it's because we give him place, right? It says this, it goes, his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, look at this, that brings forth his fruit in his season. Don't you want to stand before Jesus and have yielded all your fruit? Do you know the enemy can't stop you? The only one that's stopping you right now is you. Are you delighting in the Lord? Are you meditating in his word? Because that is, that is the telltale sign whether or not you're going to yield all your fruit in your season. And also it says, and your leaf won't wither. That means everything is always fresh. Man, I, I mean, you could just come here and get around me and you could tell, man, although this guy's a little older, hey, he's fresh. You think I'm fresh now, wait till a year from now because I'll walk in more revelation, right? It's the way it is for all of us. The path of the righteous increases. You're going to increase in your life until you go home. And then guess what you're going to do in eternity? You're going to increase. Wow. Look at this. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now, this is a big statement. If you study these Hebrew words, it means whatever you do, God, it, it says, whatever you do will be brought to maturity. I'm so grateful. I can't wait to see what Faith Family Church looks like being brought to maturity. But we'll see it. The only, the only way we won't see it is if we stop delighting in the Lord and meditating and everything. Well, I'm not going to do that, right? This is... This is what it's all about. So I'm going to kind of close with a couple scriptures here. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, the word of God is talking to every one of us, everybody online. The word is talking to you right now. Hebrews 3.1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, Consider, this word means to discover, to observe fully, to perceive something. Perceive who? The apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. You have to always consider. That word profession is the Greek word homo logeo. It means to say the same thing. We're to always consider what? That Jesus is the high priest. He's the apostle and high priest of my profession. That means when I speak, he does it. So when I'm speaking, I'm very conscious that he's doing it. So when I speak... His name, that's why 
mountains move. That's why chains are loosed. Who's doing that, Jesus? He watches over his word, not to give it, because he's already given it. The Father's already sent his word. He watches over his word to perform it in our lives. Wow. My apostle, my high priest, Jesus, watches over his words that are birthed in my heart and that come out of my mouth. He watches over them to perform them. So because of that, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us, notice we do this together, guys. We need each other. Let us hold fast to the profession. This word means confession. It's the Greek word homo logeo. It means let us hold fast to saying what God says without wavering why? Because he is faithful, that promise. And if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Because he is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent or change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Isn't that good news? In other words, I don't confess what I can do. I confess what he has done. When I say I'm strong, I say I'm strong in the Lord. I am being continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, you're talking about yourself. No, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm saying about myself what he said. You see that? You frame the world you frame your world. Have you ever watched a house be built? They lay a foundation, then they start framing it. You're framing your world with the words of your mouth. So, so change your world. So to change your world, you just change your words, and he will work everything else out. So if you want to be free, keep walking around saying, I'm free. If you want to be blessed, walk around saying, I'm blessed. My steps are ordered. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's already gone before me, right? And here's the thing. If you've messed some things up in your life, if you've messed everything up in your life, if you've been hurt and it was not even your fault, none of that matters. He never was caught off guard, and he has a plan. He came to give you the God quality of life. I mean, we are going to witness, I witness God. I mean, think about God. He creates this creation. And, you know, for almost 6,000 years, this thing's been messed up. Do you know he's not moved? No, no. The Bible says he who sits in the heaven will laugh. He, he doesn't get up and get all stressed out. Oh, man. The World Economic Forum. What am I going to do? Are you kidding me? Right? Oh, they're developing a virus, man. That's really, he's not stressed. He's not stressed. I mean, he sits in the heaven and laughs. All the stuff that the enemy's doing, he's like, okay. You're really blessed that I'm legal. He's a holy God and he's just. Why all this junk in the world? Because man chose wrong. But God has a plan to fix it all. And it will all be fixed. All of it will be fixed. 
You will never see anything in your life that doesn't come out of your mouth. You got to speak based on your heart. Your words locate you. Don't let that beat you up. Let that tell you where you are, right? To change your whole life, all you got to do is change your words. And the thing is, God already has this life laid out for you. And the Holy Spirit of God is on the inside to help you grab hold of it. Isn't that good news?